Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. We're going to start off today with some Team USA talk because it's a mess. Team USA, the basketball team, is a complete mess. Bradley Beal and Jeremy Grant have entered health and safety protocols. We don't know if they've tested positive, but we, d- we know they're at least in the protocols. Beal will not fly to Tokyo and will miss the Olympics. So while Team USA tries to find a replacement for him, we don't know Jeremy Grant's status. He may play, he may not. Now, all of a sudden, breaking news this morning that Kevin Love is leaving Team USA. He has a lingering calf injury, the one that bothered him throughout the regular season. So he's not flying with the team. He will not participate in the Olympics. That's now six spots that are waiting to be filled. Three of them are Holiday, Booker, and, and Middleton. But they won't be there for at least another week, maybe week and a half if it goes to Game 7. Could be two weeks with, you know, with the after parties and on, like, the parade and stuff. So that leaves potentially three spots that need to be replaced. Beal, Grant, and Love all need replacements, at least we assume on Grant's part. Supposedly, Duncan Robinson and Christian Wood are being considered for as potential replacements for Beal. But now, each could fill their own spot. Duncan could take Beal's spot. Wood could take Love's spot. We need a big man. We need an athletic big man like Christian Wood. That would be big time. Also, a source close to Damian Lillard, who was on Team USA, is saying that Lillard will request a trade in the coming days. I hope this isn't true. You don't need to worry about that right now. Focus on Team USA. Focus on getting your team in the right place mentally so you, you can come together and win some games. This is not the time to worry about Portland. You can not have news like this come out when you're preparing for the Olympics. The gold medal should be your only focus right now since you'll face your biggest challenge to the world throne since 2004. Also, Jason Tatum is dealing with knee soreness. Not as serious, but injuries are another concern. Team USA is completely dysfunctional right now, and it is horrible timing considering we're like a week or two at the most away from the Olympics. I really don't know when it actually starts, but I know it's late July. Let's talk about game four. That was fun. We finally had a close game. First half was dead even, 52-52. In the third quarter, Giannis not really as aggressive. Chris Middleton did most of the scoring for the Bucs. Middleton and Booker, you know, went back and forth trading buckets. Booker passed Rick Barry for the most points in a player's first playoffs. Booker was amazing in the third, 18 points, 38 after three. In the fourth quarter, Booker picks up his fifth foul with 10.50 left. But the Suns held their ground. He came back in. With about six minutes left, 5.55. And he should have been gone with three and a half to go. He hacked Drew Holiday on a fast break layup. I'm sure you've seen it by now. That was one of the most blatant foul call misses I have seen in a long, long time. And it was a, I mean, and it was important. It was a very huge missed call. Giannis stayed with the play and made the layup after Drew's attempt went awry. So really didn't matter that much. Although it kept Booker in the game. Booker had both arms wrapped around Holiday. The right arm was yanking Drew's side while the other was attempting to block the ball. And he got mostly ball with with the left arm, but that's all the refs saw, apparently. He must not have seen him wrapping around the other side, the clear foul part of that sequence. That should have been Booker's last play of the game, but it wasn't. So, Pat Connaughton, pretty impressive off the bench. He hits a three. Bucks go up by two. Giannis trusting his teammates on the kickout. Booker ties it with a bank shot, 97-97. Crowder free throws. And then a Middleton jumper made it 99-99. Middleton put the Bucks up two with 130 left after another mid-range shot. Because we know Chris Middleton's mid-range is A+. And then Giannis stuffed DeAndre Ayton at the rim on an alley-oop. That was the turning point. That sequence. The Middleton bucket. The Giannis block. 
That swung the momentum in the Bucks' favor. And they, I mean, they had been slowly chipping away from the nine-point lead the Suns took at the beginning of the quarter. So then after that, Chris Paul, coming off the screen, slips and falls, turns the ball over. Middleton converts the fast break layup on the other end. 103-99, to a series of garbage time baskets and free throws make the final score. 109-103. to Bucks even up the series. We are tied 2-2 after four for the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 26 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists. That is a great all-around stat line. He only took 8 free throws in this game. I mean, that's honestly the difference between <laughs> 26 and 42 points for him. You know, it's either he either takes 20 free throws or he takes 8. But he was efficient at 11-19 from the field. Chris Middleton, though, 40 points. 15 of 33 from the field, 40 points in 43 minutes. That is what you call a big-time performance. No, Kendrick Perkins, he's still not Batman of this team. It's, it's, it's Giannis. But Middleton, if you get 40 points from Middleton, you're going to win every single game. The Bucs will. <laughs> I mean, even if, if Middleton scores 30, the Bucs win every game. But his inconsistency proves to be too much sometimes. And so they drop a few games. And then he, I, his inconsistency bothers me so much. He can play like, <laughs> he can play like, the, he's one of the clutchest players. He's been the clutchest player in the playoffs this season. This postseason, he's tied LeBron for the most game-tying or go-ahead shots in the final, I don't know, minute or two of playoff games. LeBron had 15 in one of his earlier runs with the Cavs, and then Middleton's got 15 this year. Chris Middleton is terrific, but he's got to be terrific every night. He can't be terrific one night and then garbage the next. That's why I'm afraid he's going to score like 18 points in game five, and the Bucs are going to lose on the road. They need at least 32. I'll say at least 32 from Middleton to win game five. Off the bench, I said Pat Connaughton, was impressive. He, he really was. 11 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. I really didn't know he was much of a shooter. But he shot the ball really well in this series. And his plus minus was a plus 21, by far the biggest, the, 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 the best on the team. So when he came in the game, you know, he was kind of the energy guy off the bench. He took Bobby Portis's role for this game. For the Suns, Devin Booker had 42. 42! He did everything he could. And he didn't even hit a 3. Devin Booker scored 42 points without making a three. He only took three three-point shots. He was 17 of 28 from the field, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. DeAndre Ayton, certainly not his best game, at least scoring. Rebounding, he had 17 rebounds, but he only had six points. I mean, you need more production from your big man. And then Chris Paul, 10 points, 7 assists, 5 turnovers. 5 turnovers in a very un Chris Paul like performance I certainly expect him to to bounce back and if you look at the way this game went the Suns had the lead for about 90% of the game if not more there was like a three minute stretch in the second quarter where the Bucks led and then the last minute of the game minute and a half of the game when Giannis or excuse me Middleton hit the shot put him up two. it was tied for a little bit and then Middleton broke the tie again that block by Giannis though 
You've all seen it by now. That is one of the greatest recoveries in pick and roll defense that you will ever see. It probably is the greatest recovery in the pick and roll defense you will ever see. Every time I watch that clip, I think he's late to the party. It's it's mind-boggling how he recovered. I mean, he was committed to Devin Booker. He was pretty committed to Devin Booker. He sort of hedged the screen, but he was kind of dropping off. I forget if it was Drew Holiday who was the on-ball defender in that situation. But Holiday, or whoever the on-ball defender was, was on Booker's side. Giannis was taking away what was straight ahead of Booker. He had both eyes on the ball. And as soon as Booker lobbed it, it was a great pass. It was a great lob. But as soon as the ball left Booker's hands, Giannis turned around, took two steps, two Basically one, one big one, one tiny one kind of like to balance himself before he took the big one. And then he met DeAndre Ayton somehow near the top of the box. Only Giannis has the physical capability of doing that in this league. His combination of length and athleticism, maybe Anthony Davis could do that. Maybe Anthony Davis could do that. I don't think LeBron could. Oh, I mean... Honestly, only Giannis and maybe Anthony Davis could make that play. I thought he was getting dunked on. And Giannis did too. He's not lying when he says, I thought I was going to get dunked on. That's what he said in the post-game press conference. But somehow, he did a full 180, took two steps, and blocked the dunk from the time it left Booker's hand and landed in Aiton's, which was about two seconds. That was a legendary block. An incredible play. To me, it's what won them the game because the momentum completely changed in that moment. When the Suns came up empty after Middleton had already given the Bucks the lead. When you talk about all-time playoff blocks, at least recently, you think about LeBron on Iguodala in 2016, Game 7, Bam on Tatum last year, Giannis on Aiton this year. I would argue... That Giannis's was more impressive. It, it, was, it was harder. There was a higher degree of difficulty than LeBron's. Yes, LeBron's was probably more pivotal, more important, because it was Game 7. It was on the road. Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Giannis's was Game 4 of the Finals, though. He was preserving a two-point lead. I mean, Kyrie still had to make the shot for LeBron's block to hold significance. I'm just saying. Middleton already made the shot that gave the Bucks the lead before that. But the degree of difficulty to do a full 180, take two steps, and somehow meet DeAndre Ayton, who's not... I, I, he's a beast. He, he really is a beast. At the top of the box, on the backboard. It's, unbel- it's unbelievable. That could be... That's a, that's a top two block of all time in the finals. Hard to choose between LeBron and that. Maybe top 10 play of all time in the finals because of the degree of difficulty. The athletic requirements it takes to go from focusing on Booker to turning around, taking two steps and meet, meeting Aiden well above the rim. That was big time. That is one of the most legendary plays. That's That could be the most legendary play Giannis could be remembered for ever. Game five. Is this a must win? You would think it is for either side. But, because game five is always the most important game of the series if the series is tied 2-2. I don't think it really is. It's, it's, it's more important 
for Phoenix to win, but it's not a must win either way. I believe either team can take game six. I think if Phoenix wins at home, I think Phoenix is going to win at home in game five. And if they win that, I think they have the capability to win game six on the road. Some people don't think that because Pfizer Forum was rocking in games three and four. Gave the Bucks all the momentum they needed to get the two wins. But Chris Paul had 10 points and five turnovers, and they lost by six. They essentially lost by like two or four, if you exclude all the free throws and garbage time crap. They were so close. DeAndre Aiden only had six points. People are overlooking the fact that he barely scored. Everyone's like, oh, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, 42 points. If he does that, he doesn't need to do that. If he gets 28, Aiden provides 15, Paul gets 20, they win by like 15. They don't need a historic performance from Devin Booker to win, even on the road. I think they're going to take games, games five and six. I think they have the chance. I think they are going to win on the road in game six. So who's the most important player in this series? Hold up. Let me backtrack for a minute. Why is this not a must win for Milwaukee? Because they have home court in game six. I said I think the Suns will win in game six. But I'm not saying the Bucks can't. Because you're at home. And if the fan, the fans... Either way, the fans are going to be crazy because the Bucs will either win game five and they could clinch it at home and the fans will be going absolutely nuts. Or the Suns win game five and the Bucs fans know that they need to provide the extra energy to tie the series and make it a game seven. So I think either team has the capability of winning game six. I really don't think the Bucs are going to win game five. But it's really interesting. Normally game five is like a must win for somebody. But... I think it could go either way in terms of being a must-win or not a must-win. I think Phoenix is going to win tonight. But anyway, the most important player. Who is the most important player in Game 5? It's got to be Chris Paul. He's got to bounce back. He he just did not look like himself in Game 4. He was not. He straight up wasn't himself in Game 4. 10.7 says five turnovers. When was the last time Chris Paul had five turnovers in a playoff game? Chris Paul is going to bounce back. He's too good of a player not to, just like Devin Booker did. Booker had, I think Booker had 10 points in game four, three, excuse me, in game three. And then he dropped 42 in game four. Paul is going to find a way to win. He's finally here in the NBA Finals for the first and what probably will be the last time. He's not going to let this opportunity slip. I expect him to rally his guys at home, grab the momentum, and pull out a tough win on the road to end the series. If the Suns get 20 points from Chris Paul, if they get an efficient 20 and 10 from Aiton as well, that's that's really all they need. They honestly just need above average games from Paul Booker and Aiton in order to win this game. This series really too. I mean, the Bucks they have to rely on Middleton for at least 30. I said 32 random number for game five but and then drew holiday drew holiday needs to do something too he only had 13 points he was four of 20 from the field in game five i said sons and six before the series and i'm going to stick with it to wrap up today this day in nba history 
nothing significant happened. Happy birthday to Sunsguard on a two-way contract. Tyshawn Alexander, Sixers forward Mike Scott, and Grizzlies legend Zach Randolph. We will be back after game five with another podcast.